Greetings, superstars. Welcome back to Word Up with Danny Katz, your one-stop 5D superhero listening spot. I'm Danny Katz, transformation agent, empowered badassery coach, and quantum languaging consultant. And I'm so happy you're here. Here at Word Up, we are devoted to supporting you in becoming your most authentic, empowered, liberated version of yourself. We do this by sharing quantum languaging upgrades, conscious communication tools, witchy life hacks, planetary service announcements, and high-vibing, deep-diving conversations with original thinkers, visionary weirdos, and rebel badasses. Our every show aims to expand your consciousness, raise your frequency, sharpen your critical thinking skills, and make you giggle. <laughs> Be sure to hit that subscribe button and to join us on Locals at dannycats.locals.com where you can watch the video versions of all our episodes including those that are a little bit too spicy for the non-free speech friendly platforms. And it's also where paid subscribers can tune into the second half of all my interviews and enjoy a plethora of other bonuses, including live monthly Q&As, unpublished writings and videos, and behind the scenes intel. Join our quickly growing tribe of high vibe superstars at dannycats.locals.com. Okay, now that we've got all our housekeeping out of the way, let's enjoy today's episode of Word Up with Danny Katz. Today I am joined by my friend and cohort in Gene Keys, Elijah Parker. I was a bit challenged in introducing Elijah because he is a man, nay, a wizard of so many talents. Elijah is a mainstay in the Gene Keys publishing company. He's not just a, a fellow Gene Keys community member as I. He's really deep involved, not just in unpacking and unraveling the transmission with his Gene Keys Oracle deck and a lot of his musical and video offerings. He's a core part of the publishing team, um, and he is primarily responsible for their amazing website. So we can add that to his list of many talents, weaving together the seemingly um, opaque and esoteric and making it into a really, really accessible, intelligent, uh, and easy to use website. I was excited to have Elijah on to talk about what's going on in the Gene Keys, which has grown so much since I first met Elijah back in, I think it was 2014, and what it's like to be working with a team in service to such an extremely mystical, magical transmission. Anyway, before we get into this lively, lovely chat, I'm reminding you, first and foremost, to hit that subscribe button not necessarily hit it, but click it, <laughs> such that you're subscribed, to like and to share and to comment, which helps me hack the algorithm and uh, dance my way to the top of your feed and other people's feeds, thus giving the podcast more reach. Today's interview, like all my interviews, is divided as follows. The first half is free for the public, that's right, free because I love you so. 
The second half is available for my paid supporters on both my locals and my Patreon pages. I will say there are benefits to both. Patreon offers a lot of different membership tiers which allow for different benefits, including opportunities for one-on-one -on -one drop ins with me and community deep dives once a month. Locals, I'm loving a little bit more these days because it's free speech friendly, because there are actual human beings working on the back end and because I can easily host live streams there as well as post chapters, essays, podcasts, videos, etc, etc. So as I said, both are wonderful and both are where I post the second half of my podcast conversations and oodles of bonus content, including sneak peeks of my upcoming book, including advanced notice of webinars and workshops, including special discounts. So choose which platform feels best for you. And you know, don't feel relegated to only one. We are an abundant community and I prefer and over or. So as you're inspired to do both, do both. You can find those spots at dannycats.locals.com and at patreon.com slash dannycats where your generous donation will get you access to the second half of this conversation with Elijah and all of them. As well, I would like to remind you with the holidays coming up that my books make for wonderful gifts. We have Word Up, Little Languaging Hacks for Big Change, which is available in print, ebook, and audiobook. We have Pop Propaganda, an illustrated guide, which is a phenomenal gift for teens and grown-ups alike. We have Yes, I Am, a transformational coloring book, which is huge and, uh, and a great choice for those who like to draw and scribble and be super duper creative. With any luck, my new book, The Language of Betterarchy, will be out before the end of the year and... There are still a lot of pieces to put in place, so we'll see how that goes. Okay, I think that does it for housekeeping. Buckle up and prepare to enjoy my conversation with Gene Keys Wizard and all-around wizard, Elijah Parker. Welcome back to another episode of Word Up with Danny Katz. Today I am joined by articulate wizard, magic man, Gene uh, Keys, keys holder. I wish I hadn't repeated keys twice, but I'm just going to go with it. I'm here with Elijah Parker. Elijah, mm -hmm. welcome. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. It is incredible to be here and get to share in some keys, some double keys. Double key, <laughs> keys squared. <laughs> How are you? What's going on? I know you just had a big move. I am in a whole new world. I've had a, uh, I've been, I've been contemplating the butterfly and I am still in a gooey chrysalis form, having moved from the West coast to Pittsburgh, transforming my life. Um, but also really grateful for just the little synchronicities of magic that landed me here. So really grateful just to be here and get to play. I love that. Well, you're looking pretty fully formed for still being in your liminal soup phase. <laughs> How does the East coast feel compared to Portland? So far, great. I really, I really, 
you know, I spent 12 years over in Portland and, and to be fair, in a bubble of community and magic and off the grid, even for uh, normal Portland. And now I'm entering a different phase of my life as a husband, my life, like supporting a different part of my groundedness here. And I bought a home, which is a whole new reality. So I'm surrounded by like some down to earth people and that have been here for 40 or 50 years on this street. And I feel like I'm just getting to meet as a human to these uh, this whole new, I feel like a little bit like I'm less alien here actually, if that makes sense. I feel like there's a, there's a deep humanity here that I'm really excited to just be interacting with. I love that. It's such a shift from your communal setup at Wonderland and your a husband, so you've committed to your partnership. You've bought a house, so you've committed to your home structure. Is commitment something that comes naturally to you? Does it create anxiety? Ooh, does it create? No, I. I'm a curmudgeon. I'm a hermit. I I like. Uh, I'm a Capricorn. You know, I've got all that. I love good roots, and I think what I found out. Uh, for those that are into jinkies or human design, I'm a six two. And there's that story of the six that it goes through this life journey of being a diverse and trial and error and experimentation and exploration. And then it quote unquote goes on the roof. And I definitely felt this shift of, I loved my Phoenix days. I loved how vast and quick and experimental and explosive everything was and the creative rebellious spirit. And now I'm excited because I'm channeling that same passion into simpler practices. And even just in my, what I want to see in the world is simpler kindness. And it doesn't take away any of the magic. In fact, I'm really passionate about magic in the mundane. And how do we not lose the spark of ingenuity as we change? And I think I'm quote unquote, getting older. I think I have to like deal with this thing. People told me this myth of you, you change as you grow. And I'm starting to, to feel that a little bit. <laughs> I love that. I I didn't know that you were a Capricorn. In my mind, I had ascribed you to the Virgo category, but I'm glad to know that I was still in the earth element realm. I know among so many things you do, you've done a lot of the web design mm. for the Gene Keys. And I want to get into your background, but since we're on this, like your predilection for organization and kind of user-friendly accessibility is kind of unparalleled. Like I'm, mm -hmm. I've witnessed the Gene Keys website since it, you know, you guys started building it. And I'm amazed at the level of organization and ease of use and all these like kind of extra things that I don't think people would really think of. Is that part of your genius, your superhero meanderings in the world? I love that. Thank you. That's a really kind reflection. I love hearing that. Absolutely. I mean, you know, wizard is a very particular word because wizard's magic does come from geometry, does come from structure, does reflect on the actual intricacies and intricate motions of the universe. So I love the details. And I, I do spend a lot of my like Capricornian work ethic on really thinking through like what it what what do I want to experience and also what do I want to see the collective having to experience and if we if our technology can actually bridge to the spirit of what we're here to do right that's that's what I think Capricorn's magic is is the lineage of like deep deep grandmother wisdom and the practicality of how do we get over that mountain I think that's the bridge for me is it doesn't it doesn't just stay in the ethereal what-if space. I like to, as a musician, as a web designer, as all these things, I want to see it happen. And we can always improve it. And we should keep evolving it. But I don't want the 
the possibility and the hope for what could be block us from experimenting and exploring now. So the Jinkies website, as an example, I've rebuilt that thing a hundred times. And of course, other amazing designers and team members have all added their magic into it, but it's kind of like a baby to me in a lot of ways, like the living library and these things that I've carried for, for years, they, they, you know, I, I really want to see them have their a life of their own and get to see them used. So it's a passion of mine. I don't know if I'm, I'm definitely not perfect at it, but it is exciting to me to see where that left brain can actually be in service to right brain weaving of patterns and magic. And that we don't get feel like we're trapped in a single box, but we can explore and experiment inside these tools. Mm, I love that. I feel like there's a lot about you, Elijah, that I've experienced. It is exceptional. And I feel like the website is no, like, because I'm completely the opposite. I'm all air. There's like no thought. There's no organization whatsoever. But for me, it's just like, it's a joy to be on the Gene Keys website because I'm just, it, for me, it's like seeing how your mind works. And it's like, like how easy are they going to make this? Like how surprised and delighted am I going to be? And I always am. I love that. If, if surprise and delight is what people experience, then I think I'm doing, that's oh, just that sense of wonder and opening doors, right? That's the whole game of the Jinkies is opening these experiences. And if that brings delight and adventure, I feel like we're more excited to actually dive into the meat of something that's arising. So delight is a really important energy. Thanks for that reflection. Yeah, for sure. Thanks for making it so delightful. Because I'm usually like, Luddite tendencies have informed me historically. So, you know, and I can be kind of cranky pants on it, but I'm just like, this is so easy. This is better than I thought. I'm curious how your perspective affects your, like your relationship with tech and that tech can be in service to like a higher divine spirituality or, or sacred order and how you feel about our our sort of technological space, transhumanism, like where culture seems to be going? It's uh, an awesome question. I love feeling your air magic here. Like that, the, the profound nature of like this question, we are changing and we are interacting with these things, whether you're a Luddite or resistant or just not yet feeling inspired or connected by it. I started my journey leaving college, uh, training in intermodal expressive arts, um, using art making as a transformational process and including technology and, and including learning skills about filmmaking and animation and projections. And I met a, a brainwave entrainment specialist and I went on this deep dive of, whoa, we can tune our bodies, we can hack our brains, we can do all these tools to actually like help our bodies find that natural harmony that I never liked to meditate, but I used, you know, lights and sound and, and binaurals and all these things to induce these states. And it went really deep and probably a little too deep for a while of how technology isn't actually the answer. It's a, it's an aid, it's a guide, it's a tool. And then I went the exact opposite. I did the deep dive into Peru for months at a time. And I went, I, I, I came back wanting to throw away all possible technology and only focus on what we could touch and feel in the natural world. And over time, it was asking of a balance because this technology is changing us. And when I look at the world, I feel like the beings that are coming into this world, the neurology is changing. This is These are generations that are seeing, literally seeing all over the world, all at once, have 
have access to information at their fingertips that has to be changing how we, you know, um, can change our empathy of the world, can change our capacity to make creative new neurons form from across the world that we didn't have access to before. But of course, we're seeing its negative side effects and its potential to drain. So I think it's a tool we have to be in relationship with because it's an energy, it's a consciousness, it's a technology, it's a tool that's here now. So whether we're resistant to parts of it, I think that's healthy, like finding our discernment. And I think we also need to educate ourselves about the use and misuse of technology so that we have a part of agency in this story. So that's why I, I, I'm kind of both. I'm very digital and I also try to shut everything off and be with the technology of my body, of my breath, of relationships that aren't digitally informed or ambient intimacy of social media. I think, I think we have to create balance. Um, but I think that's each individual's adventure if they want it. Mm -hmm. Do you think AI has its own consciousness? Oh, that's a good question. I'm, hmm. I think inevitably, I don't know. I don't, I don't even know if I have an answer to that right now. The two things that arise for me, I'll say as, as seeds for this conversation, because I want to hear what you have to say now. The two things that pop to my mind are, I think we have a very limited form of what we think consciousness is based off of our conditioning and these bodies. So I think that consciousness may be more complicated than does AI have consciousness? Do humans have consciousness? I believe in a field of consciousness that we're participating in. So in that way, absolutely. I think AI will definitely have a voice of this collective field. And in turn, I think it's a really important that we have relationships with technology because even what is not AI, if I'm angry at my webcam or I yell at my uh, lights, I'm creating a field one way or another. I'm in relationship with this field. And I think the, as it becomes more and more intelligent, maybe it can uh, have more deep connection with us. Um, but I don't know. So that those are, you've now tingled a whole doorway in my mind. I'd love to hear what you have to say about AI. <laughs> I, I, I agree with you. Like I do agree that we're in relationship with it, right? So I'm attuned if I'm being cranky with my computer or if I'm, you know, angry at some sort of algorithm that like, because on some level isn't everything consciousness. So yeah. how could it not be? You know, I even think of that in terms of like what's natural and organic. It's like, well, isn't everything on this planet part of nature? Like how could it not be, you know? So that's right. I get confused. And then of course I watch, you know, like a lot of like RKX or ideas about like ancient AI that's always been here and we live in a simulation. And then I just come back to, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I think it's, it's wise to be, as you said, to be in right relationship, to be in healthy relationship and not to be resenting it. You know, like if, if my tech isn't working for me, that's a sign, like go outside get in nature. Don't sit here and be creating negative frequencies in my own field to then be radiated out into the world at large. I think that's a really important piece. And it's, I think that's why, even when you say, is this a simulation and all of the, I like, I've got, I lived years, you know, absolutely convinced this is a lucid dream. Is that true? Is it not? That actually doesn't matter because it informed my relating with life. Mm -hmm. And when I noticed myself start to disassociate with the care of the other humans that I was impacting, I was like, hmm, maybe this, this particular worldview isn't serving healthy relationship. Mm -hmm. So the same with like the struggles with technology. 
instead of just combating against the thing, not only does it mean maybe go outside and get your feet on the earth, but also what is coming up with me with this trigger? Because for example, a lot of times with technology, when I notice myself stuck in something, it's not just slow down and go outside, which is a probably a good place to start. Breathe is probably a good place to start. But it's suddenly like, oh, I'm competing against, I'm resisting information somehow. And so if I actually examine this as a reflection of myself, then suddenly, you know, my phone not working isn't just saying, oh, I overdid it. It's actually like reflecting on my communication styles. Am I distracting myself from something that actually has been going on really deeply? And maybe that intelligence is actually offering me the kindest thing it could do, which is to malfunction so that I look inward, that I receive some information. And that's, I think, that Aquarian magic I'm feeling in the air is like all of this sensation is is information. We are swimming in information. And in fact, whether it's on conscious like agenda of technology to do something to us or not, doesn't even matter our response to challenge is incredibly potent information. Mm -hmm. It is. And it's such an interesting time to be in this conversation because I see so many people saying like, well, we don't have no choice. This is where tech is going. And it's like, of course we have a choice. We can unplug it all right now, you know, and, and I'm excited for humanity. Like there's this larger conversation about the return of the divine feminine, right? Mm -hmm. In my mind, that's not chicks in charge. It might be organically once we get to the real meat of the matter, but where it's like, you know, tech just moving forward at warp speed because it can, where the feminine is like, wait a minute, is this in highest service to humanity? And is this how we want to do it? Mm. So absolutely. I mean, I think that's that's the disease that we see prevalent in technology, capitalism, all these like forward motions without listening to the impact of harmony, right? And harmony is a is a relationship. And that doesn't fit into that masculinear only, you know, perspective of growth for growth's sake, and it's all got to go up forever. That's, that's, right. that's not listening. <laughs> and so that more toroidal like listening space, I think is crucial. But you are right, we can turn it off now. And to a degree, but we also hunt for our survival based off of the money and clicks and all of the things that technology has now provided. So we're in that catch 22 of like, we are in, it consumed by this system, which is why, again, I think relationships, not just relationship to technology, but relationships with people is critical because if we dehumanize our relationships, we've I feel that's where we start to lose the game. I think that's where now we are victim to the boxes we've been putting ourselves in and we can't actually grow and share and change what we're doing. But if we engage with people uh, like genuinely with absolute kindness, respect, generosity, and creativity, now technology is like, great, I'm a neutral tool at, at the disposal of this ecstatic brain of creativity. I want to make art and I want to make beauty and I want to show us how we can have free energy and live uh, hydroponic, you know, growing farms in our bathrooms or whatever. Like technology can be ecstatic too. <laughs> I love that perspective. Have you always been relationally oriented with like a high relational IQ? I did have troubling childhood which is the first training ground that we find about relationships. And in that 
having good intuition and reading people and understanding where people hurt is a survival mechanism as much as it is a gift. Um, and that spread itself to cultural conditioning where I wasn't the cool hot kid. I was, I was the goofy, you know, weird kid. And so relationships is currency. And, you know, and so it's like all those ways where I think I developed tools that I call some of my dark magician days of, I know how powerful my words are. I know how smart I am. And I knew I could get what I want if I manipulated the current in a specific way. So I detached from, I don't trust humans. I don't, I don't like humans. I don't, I'm a hermit. Like there's all that part of me that's very real. And then I care. And so when suddenly care start to come in and suddenly I, I, I examined a lot more of my childhood wounding and my relational wounding and my fear of the feminine and my fear of people Suddenly it was like, well, I have my preferences, I have my oddities, I have my neuroses, but I also really care about people. And I started to let love in more in my life. And I think that's been the difference over, say,
Thank you so much for tuning in to the first half of my conversation with Elijah Parker on this, your favorite podcast, Word Up with Danny Katz. You can find the second half on my locals and my Patreon pages where paid supporters get access to the second halves of all of my podcast interviews. Those web addresses are patreon.com slash dannycats and dannycats.locals.com. Before you navigate on over to listen to the second half, I am reminding you to hit that subscribe button, to like, to share, to comment, and to remember that you are omniscopic amazingness. Thanks for tuning in. I'll see you on the flip side. Thanks so much for tuning in to today's episode of Word Up with Danny Katz. Be sure to hit that subscribe button if you haven't already. And as you are inspired to learn more about my quantum languaging work, about my books, my homeschool courses, my transformational and empowered badassery coaching, check out my website, dannycats.com. As well, track all of my latest content on my locals page, dannycats.locals.com. Thanks for tuning in. I'll see you soon, tribe.